0: Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne and I'm presenting Talking Design. I'm with Dr. Shane Holbert, Deputy Head of School in the School of Art at RMIT University. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Shane, Photography is an interesting area. Everyone thinks of themselves as a, as a photographer, and it's a bit like fine art, oh, you know, I could do that. Mm. It's yeah. a lot more complex than that. You've be, be, been been—you've at photo- been working in photography for many years. Mm. Um, just for people who don't know you, you started at the Philip Institute of um, Technology, Technology yeah. at Bandura, now part of the RMIT campus, yeah. and you
1: mentioned previously you studied media arts in... Well, I did, and I, I sort of come out of high school like most students, or maybe you know a lot of students interested in art that come out of high school with a with a particular idea about what art represents and what it is. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know how to position myself in that, so I went into painting, you know, because that was for me that was art. But um, very quickly, in the space of you know, well, even maybe one semester, uh, I shifted into photography and sequentially more and more into photography until I graduated mm-hmm. from photography, and it. I think there's a really interesting connection between that because um, I'm quite scared now of staring at a blank sheet of paper because I don't know how to order something on that. If it's blank, I don't know how to construct anything on top of it. Uh, So painters um, generally construct images and and do what they do from whatever, Uh uh, whereas photographers and and, uh, and the artist, I think it was Stephen Shaw, has a wonderful little way of describing this, which is that uh you know photographers take the messiness of the world and create order into that and so my attraction to photography is i can look through a lens i can draw with light i don't have to i I can compose images in a certain way that's not reliant on me making stuff up maybe shane were there certain photographers Mm. that you drew
0: inspiration from when you were first starting uh or was it just something always, you saw?
1: There's always images? inspiration actually my I mean this is going to sound really quite ironic but um from a very early point most of my inspiration came from uh, painters mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and because such as well he, uh, well William Turner is probably the the, the biggest mm-hmm. um and the storms and the, the the that transition from enlightenment to industrialization and mm-hmm. you know all of these things became a really interesting way of seeing the world for me. And um, it's all about light, you know. And photography is all about light, and it's capturing light and doing something with it. And uh, that was what that was what really attracted me to the medium, in the first instance. And coming out of that painting idea, um, I guess there's some synergies there, Shane. You've reached a, a certain point in your career, but how, what was
0: the early work like? What, what was early <laughs> photography work? <laughs> oh, You're being modest, but what were some yeah. of the things you started with that kind of pushed you into yeah, the direction I mean, you I, are I,
1: now? I, I sort of, um, it's interesting, you know. I think um, it's important to be able to, to um, position yourself into the grand narratives of, of art and, and image making, and for me, it would have been the, uh, the idea of landscape. Um, which is a bit of a dicky kind of word now, and maybe it's not as cool as it rather used to be. Rather than people, rather than people, yeah, I'm not that interested in people to be <laughs> honest. I am, but not not photographing them. Um, so the idea of the of of an environment uh, to represent something else. Um, so I was making um, quite representational landscape images, which is to say that I was going to sites that that represented. The Australian landscape, um, and then framing them in a certain way that I felt had some kind of connection to, to place and to location. Um, but I moved away from that, sort of. Yeah. So tell me about the work you're
0: doing now, because it's very interesting. Mm. You're looking at the how Australia is represented, or how we see yeah. ourselves
1: in photography
0: and well, images.
1: Kind of both, actually. I, I think Australia has a really interesting way of presenting itself, and in particular its relationship to land. And and you see this through cinema with um, Wolf Creek, Mad Max, you know, the film Australia. Gallipoli. Gallipoli. Um, You see this through a whole range of different ways that we represent our relationship to land. And more than most other countries on Earth, we've kind of turned our back Sort of metaphorically on on the centre of Australia, and we mythogenise it, or mythologise it yeah. in certain ways. Um, but that's not indicative of what we, as a nation, sort of really feel so, about it. I think. So, it's kind of odd. What are the type of things that attract you when you see, like
0: you were showing me a few images? Yeah, what are the yeah. things that you think? Oh, well, this is really a different <sharp inhale> side that is actually more Australian. Like you were I, telling yeah, me about a I've, got this,
1: I've got this series at the moment, which is, um, uh, which is sort of loosely titled Import-Export, which is dealing with the idea that um, the way other, other nations represent iconic moments or iconic places in Australia versus how we project them ourselves. And um, uh, probably the, one of the more humorous ones would be... Um, Ned Kelly's last stand in uh, Shim which is in Hong Kong and it's a it's an Australian bar in Hong Kong run uh, by Australians uh, yeah no it's run by oh. Chinese um, but it's um, uh, it it has been there since the 70s and they take great pride in in the in their longevity and and that that myth of Australia being about rebellion and and the bush ranger mm-hmm. um, but it's uh it's quite commercialized and it's it's sort of it's a bit of a it's a bit of an iconic sort of site in the bar district of Sham Shui but it's just I don't know. You don't even need to describe the image. Just Ned Kelly's last stand in Sham Shui Hong Kong, speaks volumes <laughs> for what it represents. What's, I think. What's the interior like? Is there any aspect of Ned Kelly that? Not really. No, the is interior the is slightly dull. It's just the name. Yeah. And so the interior is just. Bastels and tables and yeah. and, a, and a few signs and and what have you, but no, it's really, it's really just the name. And I think the flip side of that is another image, which is um, uh, the way that that we import other cultures into Australia, uh, which would then be um, the spirit of spirit of Bengali here, which is shot in the Grampians,
0: and we've got mountainous regions, yes, we've got very rustic backdrop yes. buildings, and yeah. then in front we've got this sculpture of. An Indian
1: riding a horse with a turban riding yeah. a horse. Yeah, I mean it's again it's 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 humour, um, but there's a serious element in here as well. But the the, the humour comes from the idea that that you've got this iconic Grampians ranges in the background, um, uh, with an imported sculpture of an Indian riding a horse in the foreground for to mm. advertise a restaurant.
0: What did uh, you? How did you feel when you first saw that?
1: Oh, I, I just laughed and thought, how can you drive past this and not photograph it? And and um I was staying in the Grampians for a few days and, and um this is uh this is something that's sort of quite quite photographic in, in, in the way that I see things. Um but I must have driven past that about 20-odd times in, in, and waiting for the right sort of time of day and I wanted mm. the sun in a particular location and I wanted the light to be doing a certain thing uh, and I wanted clouds in the sky as well rather than it was sort of a bit overcast and I didn't want just that grey grey background. Mm. Um, so I li- so I just waited and and, um, and then I cased it out a few times and, and then um, set myself up and photographed it uh, it took maybe half an hour or something, but um,
0: the owners are Indian, obviously.
1: Yes, the owner was Indian. The owner was Indian. Uh, lovely guy. He was quite mm-hmm. happy for me to happy for me to photograph. I mean, he'd spent all this money and time bringing out all these amazing sculptures from India. He was quite you know, he was quite quite happy for people to uh, to enjoy them and and to um, to to make use of them. So that's a
0: very different image from the dog on the on the what is it a tucker box? Tucker box. Yes. A...
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But these stories, these stories represent the myths of our history. Um, but sometimes they're such minor stories, and 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 they become, well, they get escalated into in, into. Well, that's what a myth is: is that it becomes a, it has its roots in in something that's that's potentially representational, but it becomes escalated over time uh, to be something that that is a metaphor for something else. And I think the the metaphor. But there's something else is what I'm most interested in. It's oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You've also got this
0: lovely restaurant that's in the middle of it's landlocked. You were mentioning yes, in this is Central uh,
1: Victoria, New South Wales. Oh, New this South is, Wales, um, right? This is the again. I think the you know again the title speaks volumes. But it's Sea Dragon Coonabarabran. Coonabarabran, Brand for 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 those people that know it's in uh, it's a landlocked uh, small country town in Central New South Wales. Um, and it's this, uh, incredibly rich, um, the, the, the restaurant this is, is, uh, decked out with all this incredibly ornate decor and it's all gold and red in, in sort of, you know, typical Chinese colors. Um, but then on the bar, you've got Foster's Light Ice, um, you've got Coca Cola signs, you've got, you've got cultural confusion kind of all over the place. Um, and what was your reaction when you first walked into that space?
0: Shane.
1: Uh, Well, I was looking confused. I was confused. I was. uh, I I just was looking for. um, I was looking for Chinese restaurants in country towns. That was the, that was sort of the project that I had in my mind. Um, And this would have been uh, the, the pinnacle. Yes, this is this is one of the one of the better ones. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and it was a surprise. You know, you just you go into these country towns and you expect these sort of dowdy kind of seventies. Cantonese Chinese restaurants, and you walk in and see something like this. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it's incredible. Just incredible. Yeah, but um, I think it's uh, you know this this idea of the import export it kind of it took hold over a certain period of time. It didn't just happen. Didn't happen, you know, and and it actually uh, it happened out of making work for other things, and um, it evolved it evolved into that, and um, the for those people in Melbourne the national gallery of victoria has their massive melbourne now um exhibition and this will be part up, of the- and these images are in are in that show, yes yeah so it's um it's a it's great oh, i'm really happy about that um, but they also uh, you know they're also iconically australian does it disturb you when you see the way australia is
0: projected overseas with you uh, know the well, sli-
1: humours me yeah.
0: Because it is so eclectic now. Yeah. And and yeah. and that image of the, you know, this this yeah. blonde Australian walking on Bondi Beach. Yes. Lara just, Bingle. Whatever Lara Bingle. Is. Yeah. Um yeah. it just seems like such a small representation of
1: what Australia is now. It is, and it's a um it's a particular angle of representing Australia that I think yeah you know it's fine you know it's like if this is how we want other people to see us from from a tourist perspective that's great but it doesn't sit with What's the way that we culturally represent ourselves mm-hmm. you know when we when we talk about the, the the classic Australian cinema and literature and poetry and stories this is not how we represent ourselves so
0: um Shane, you're doing a lot of work you've exhibited in mm. overseas yes in in, in um, Hong
1: Kong yeah China Korea England yeah.
0: They must find it quite interesting that he's an Australian mm. and showing a very different side to Australia. What's the feedback been? Uh,
1: I think it's... Um, I think people get quite confused. I imagine <laughs> because they Because uh, it's not what they necessarily expect. Uh, and from an Australian photographer photographing the Australian land, um, it's not your classic representations of... Windswept beaches, or or um, Kakadu, or you know Ayers Rock, or anything like that. Um, but I think once they get over that initial surprise, they do find it quite interesting to see that there is a, a, a particular way of thinking about Australia, or a particular side of Australia that other people are exploring. And I th- I think on just a on, on just a you know on, on some level, mm. it it just provides people with a, a different way of seeing a different nation. You know.
0: On a process uh, perspective, mm. no people, very few people in your shots. Yes. So yeah. it's about the context.
1: Yes. It's, 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 um, the absence of, the physical absence of people doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that there's a an absence of... A sense of the people. Pff, the sense of the people. No, I think the sense of the people is really quite, uh, quite prevalent, but, um, that that absence is purely as a way of focusing primarily on on what's being constructed rather than people using what's being constructed. Right. I think there, there there's subtleties there, but I think they're two different things. I don't want to photograph a restaurant full of people eating because then it's a photograph of a restaurant full of people eating. Yeah. I'm much more interested in the iconography and what that restaurant represents as its relationship to Australia and its relationship to to being what it is. So
0: what are the type of subject matters you usually get drawn to? Things like restaurants?
1: Uh, that's relatively new. Mm. The sorts of things I'm mostly drawn to would be um, uh, probably humour. <laughs> <laughs> I like the signage. I've got, I've got a, a, a really a, quite an interesting older image actually from Cuperpedie, which is the uh, the underground, sort of, well, you know, not really underground, but but sort of partly underground town in central Australia and um, there's a, a an underground Serbian Orthodox church, and the image. How did you of, find that? Oh, I was just driving around, you know. Yeah, I know. How do you find these things? Um, but the uh, the image itself, the image of the church itself, was not all that interesting. But the sign of the church, or the sign pointing to the to the church, is really quite um, quite amazing. And it, I sort of positioned it in such a way that it splits the. It, it splits the frame and there's this quite ominous dark cloud sitting above and um the whole thing is it's just of, a, for those who can't see the yes. image it's, it's just an underground serbian church yes it's just a sign that points towards an underground serbian orthodox church you know and uh these things are you come by these things quite often and um you know, I think I think a nation that can laugh at it itself is is really is really important. Well, I think that's quite a strong feature
0: yeah. in Australian culture. It is absolutely. I think the mm. British share it. Mm. Other cultures, mm. such as the Americans, don't have no. our sense of humour. Possibly not. No. So yeah. they would not find that sign particularly funny, probably.
1: No, no, I wouldn't think they so. They would
0: say, "What's what's, what's the,
1: point? the point?" Yeah, yeah. Although American uh, American photography in that Great West tradition. Uh, there is a, a long lineage of, of artists that photograph the American West, yeah. but they do it in a very different way. Yeah. You know,
0: um, at the drive-in motels, yeah,
1: the Ed Rauscher stuff, and yeah. um, uh, and and I guess one of the other things about photography, uh, you know, and possibly even with Ed Rauscher's um, gasoline twenty-six gasoline stations. You know, you look at something like this, photography is such a vernacular medium, you can take so many shots of the same thing um, and you can work with it in such interesting ways. But in that case... You know, one photograph of a gasoline station is a photograph of a gasoline station. Twenty-six photographs of something different. Shane, you mentioned you, you take a, a number
0: of images of the same thing up to, say, 30 times. Yes. How do yeah. you know when you've got the right image? What does one say to you that another doesn't, that goes to the reject pile? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I think it's sort of... I think there's a process, you know, and um, it's a similar process to the way that someone might practice drawing something. Or someone might experiment with different ways of imaging the same thing. Uh, when you photograph something, you, you have such a diverse language through which to represent the thing that you want to represent. Um, where you stand, the type of lens that you choose, the, um, the aperture and all of the technical, all that technical language comes into play. So I usually just trial a whole range of different things and, and check. With digital photography now, it's much easier, but you can just, as on, on the fly, as you go, you can respond in certain ways and work out whether you need to reposition yourself, what's in your corners, what's the light doing, and so I tend to photograph quite a lot as a way of, of, of developing that relationship with the site, and also just experimenting with different types of language to do with photography, uh, and, and sometimes... You know, one image will be a composite of several images. You know, it's just—it's the wonderful thing about working in with such a with such an amazing medium. Um, Shane, you've also been very attracted to cities like Hong Kong. Mm. And done a lot of work in Hong mm. Kong. Yes. What is it
0: about Hong Kong, and that you know really speaks to you? Uh, and maybe what are the connections you see with Australia?
1: Well, I think the cities that I travel to, and I, I mean, I sort of. I have done a lot of traveling over the years. Uh, Hong Kong, I go there a lot, you know, for, for a range of different reasons. Um, but I am, I am attracted to mega cities. I like big, big cities. London, London. York. Well, even sort of that massive Asian Shanghai, you know, where there's, you know, 25 million people in a, in a city. Um, they're just those sprawling metropolis. Uh, iconic environments because they just speak so much about humanity and and about the sorts of things that we build for ourselves and uh you asked me before about an influence i think um there's a canadian photographer edward Batinsky, who has this wonderful um line about how he is inspired to take the sorts of photographs he takes uh, that is that it's a story but he's walking around toronto one day and he looks up at these skyscrapers skyscrapers and he thinks well you know if that skyscraper is that big, there must be a hole in the ground somewhere equal to the scale of that skyscraper. You know, Newton's for every action, there's a reaction kind of thing. And um, he spent his life searching for those holes in the ground. Um, I'm kind of interested in both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I like to I like to see those massive cities because they just represent something about what we're capable of doing as a as a culture and as a people.
0: In terms of, do you move into architectural photography, or you try and? Not much,
1: no, not a, you not a
0: steer away from that.
1: i'm I'm sort of I don't want to photograph buildings for the sake of them being buildings. I like to photograph what they represent. Um so I am interested in architecture, but I wouldn't consider myself to be an architectural photographer. Mm-hmm. There's a different language, there's a different there's a different sort of stylistic approach to something like that. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you, photography is still a relatively new medium.
0: Not just in, it in Australia, but mm. worldwide. It's mm. a growing area, and mm. people are becoming much more interested in photography and collecting mm. photography. Uh, I mean, look, we've got the greats like Max Dupain, who's well-known. Mm. We've got people like Bill Henson, mm. who are very well-known. Absolutely. Who, you know, I mean, we've got um, Rosemary Lang, yep. who's now being, building an international profile. Yes. So it is growing
1: it is growing uh, interestingly there's a there's quite a there's quite a, a, a story around photography as an art as an art practice um, and given that the medium itself is what, 100 and coming up to 180 years old uh, it's not particularly it's not lo- not a long time um, but for example the, the the major galleries in australia didn't really have photography collection categorized photography collections till the 70s um but it is gaining traction as a medium, and I think the the, uh, the popularity of photography as a way of responding to just mm. the everyday through camera phones and you know whatever. Uh, is, yeah,
0: is the other thing is uh, I was going to ask you Shane is the fact that everyone now has a tool to take photos with their phones. That's right. How has that impacted on the mm. on the industry? Because I think. Has it become everyone's an expert now, or do you get a lot of crap coming up?
1: And a lot yeah, of we're saturated with all these images that say yeah. very little. Yes, I think there's a lot of crap. Uh, there's a there's a there's a commonality around this, and a, there's a there's an ideology now where the best camera you have is the one you have with you. Uh, fine, it depends what what the camera is meant to be used for. Um, I. I I think that we see an awful lot of photography. Uh, I think it's a really a core experience of living in the twenty first century. I think it'd be nice if there were better photos around. Um, I like to, you know, I'm an educator, so I feel a sense of responsibility that people take better photos. Um, But I think it's uh, I think it's gaining in popularity economically. You know, camera manufacturers are struggling because no one's buying cameras as much, or not as much as they used to. But I think that the idea of photography is stronger now than it's ever been, and I think that can only be a good thing. Um,
0: Shane, how are you kind of responding to students now, and what type of students are actually... Yeah. (laughs) Because I think it's interesting. People choose photography. It's very niche, um, but it is growing. Mm. Who are the type of people that you you see students come through all the time? Who are the ones that really spark for you, you know, that you can see there's real talent there? How? How do you evaluate, how does that work? yeah.
1: Um, there's always, I think there's probably three types of students that are interested in photography. There are those students who who have a real sense of um, creative practice and, and the photography for them is is a means to an end, I, I, I suppose. And they're kind of, um, they're pretty good and they're not, they're not really that fussed about how they photograph, what they photograph, they just like working with that medium. Then there are those that just love the technology of it uh and then there are those that really that really kinda um fit in with the uh I don't know whether traditions is the right word, but or certainly based practice. For, well they fit in with the idea of how photography can be responsive as a, a an art medium, which is to say that they get the idea that expression is a really core fundamental part of being an artist and that the more you understand about the medium, the greater your vocabulary to be expressive, and that's probably the fine art tradition, the fine art photography tradition. Um, but of course, that's expanding quite a lot now, and and, and lots of lots of really, you know, superstar photographers like Gursky and Gregory Crutzen and these guys, you know, they have cast of thousands helping them and they just go, oh, I want to photograph that, you know, and they frame it. And I, I
0: think um, people who don't know a lot about photography, contemporary mm. photography, mm. I suggest a film that I saw many oh, yes. years ago called yeah. uh, Fade from Grey black to grey it's uh it's about the life of stuart wagstaff oh yes okay
1: sam wagstaff sam wagstaff Wagstaff, who was one of the
0: forerunners to collecting contemporary photography and it really gives you an insight into what's involved
1: yes yeah
0: and he ended up selling his collection or went to the Mm. getty museum for millions yes
1: yes and it was really the
0: first person who started collecting seriously in america
1: right who
0: who were the type of the collectors that you've by photography, uh, I think including your work, I imagine.
1: Sure. I mean, well, the museums and galleries are buying them, um, and the public institutions are certainly buying them, uh, and then people with a people with a particular interest in photography buy photography rather than sort of generic collectors, I guess. Um, but it is it is becoming more of a more of a pronounced. Um, medium. I think there's a... There has been for quite some time an issue around the collectability of photography, simply because of its reproductive nature. So they say, in
0: terms of value?
1: In terms of value, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not unique, so therefore it doesn't have as high a value, but... As we are starting to see, um, you know, more. like Tracy Moffat. Yeah, but there's the idea of the vintage print, which is a which is a black and white, or you know, a darkroom print made by the artist. They're, they're certainly more valuable. Like a Man Ray that was printed by Man Ray is certainly more valuable than a Man Ray negative printed by someone else, for example. So, there's ways that um, ways that the market are, are, is responding to the collectability of photography. Digital photography is slightly more awkward because you press print and put 10 in and you get 10 identical prints. You put 100 in, you get 100 identical prints. So that that idea of uniqueness is slightly more awkward. But, um, um, you know, there are, you know, there's... Yeah, people are just working around that. Shane, what gives you the most pleasure about photography? Is it actually
0: seeing that sign in the middle of nowhere or is it the process of actually capturing that moment? Mm. I mean... I like photographing, yeah. So it's both? It's both, yeah. It's actually the discovery yeah. walking into yeah. the middle of yeah. New South Wales and
1: seeing this. Wherever, yeah. I, I have a particular methodology that I that I like to employ, which is, ironically, it kind of taps into that, that sort of that discovery phase of Australia's history with the expeditions where there was a, a, a sense of I'm going that way and I don't know what I'm going to discover, but I'm looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's sort of the, the seek the seek, discover, respond, react kind of methodology is really important to me. So, you know, I get in the car and I'll just drive for a few days and and, and things that happen, happen, and things that I see, I see, and I have a certain thing that I'm looking for. I'm Do you not, get not...
0: tip-offs as well? Do people ring and say, look, Shane, I've just seen the most bizarre...
1: Occasionally, I, I, actually, Google Maps is probably pretty good, you know, the, the, or Google yeah. Earth where you go on yeah. the satellite and you... Mm-hmm. I just find roads that I think would be interesting to drive on. You know, and... Um, and I'll, I'll I'll source them out, and 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 I'm looking for certain things. You know, I'm looking for, you know, planes in the middle of the desert. I'm looking for abandoned golf driving ranges. I'm looking for, you know, mining sites or, you know, Woolmer, for example, with the rocket museum in in the middle of the desert. I mean, that, these are the sorts of things that I, re, I find quite interesting, and and I find that uh, fit in with that idea of representing Australia. So that's what I'm looking for, and and that's how I find them. Look, it's been um, an absolute pleasure uh, having you here today. And
0: um, I love photography. Uh, Yes, lots of people do. I think it's something Mm. that's going to grow. And I think people who are interested should go and have a look at your work at the Melbourne Now exhibition, which is starting at the National Gallery of Victoria, 22nd of November. 22nd of November, November, that's right. So I think that's going to be really... Mm. In that exhibition, how is the work going to be arranged? You've got like a... a...
1: I think I've got four or five images. My work's quite quite sort of... People Is it connected
0: it's, to something else?
1: In no, it's it's on its, uh, own, it's a work on its own. Yeah, it's not part of a it's not part of a collective or a, or or a, an ongoing project or anything. Um, there's a, there's lots of really interesting things happening in Melbourne now. In fact, uh, you know, a, a shameless plug. There's a lot of RMIT School of Art staff in Melbourne now. It's a wonderful it's a wonderful col- collection of of really interesting work. Um, uh, some of them are part of bigger projects. Some of them are just, you know, individualised works. Mine will be on a wall, in the gallery somewhere. Be exciting! Yeah. Look, It'll be amazing. Have a
0: look. Have a look yeah. for um, uh, Shane Holbert's um, work. It'll be um, at the NGV, twenty second of. Uh, November November as part of Melbourne now. Look, thanks so much for coming in today. It's been terrific. You've been with uh, Dr Shane Holbert, um, Deputy Head of School in the School of Art at um, RMIT University, and with Stephen Crafty, Talking Design. Thanks so much for listening.